Hey friends, you're listening to A Beautiful Life Podcast. I am Emmy Lou and I am Jubel. A Beautiful Life is a place to get the inspiration and encouragement to live a more meaningful life and celebrate that life every day in faith, in peace, and in hope. Plus, reviews and recommendations of good gifts, good books, and nice places to visit. Thank you for keeping us company today. So, Jobes, how are you after our last episode? It was quite controversial. Yes, and thankfully nobody asked me specific questions after that. But I am very glad that we have reached a lot of people, that a lot of them left us messages or even talked to us about their own experiences. And I think that we have, in a way, ministered to a lot of people. So, we thank God that our... Our vision, our our reason for yes. uh, putting things out there and actually <laughs> achieve its purpose. Yes, and thank you for listening as always. Yes, why don't we start with answering, answering or giving our one cent thought to somebody who actually asked, "How do you?" Forgive. <laughs> That's an easy, hard question. Easier said than done, right? But what we can actually give you, based on our own experience, we're not psychotherapists, we're not psychologists, we're just doing this and giving to you the things that we have learned in life and in relationships. So, Bess, how do you forgive? <laughs> well, forgiveness is, I mentioned last time that we should forgive, and I think that is one of the, uh, well, tips for a beautiful life, living yes. a beautiful life. But it's not a very easy thing to do. But forgiveness, I think, just to be simple about it, is choosing not to think of the wrong that was done to you. Mm-hmm. Like every, if, if every day you remember about, you remember the thing that was done to you, or a certain betrayal, or yes. um, somebody said something bad towards you. I think that you choose not to per, not to remember it, or you choose not to think about it. I think that's if it is not forgiving per se, it is yes. at least uh, a step towards a step it. towards forgiving. And um, well, I, I base it from what the Bible is saying that God does not remember our sins; mm-hmm. He remembers our sins no more. So it's yes. an active thing to not remember. So I think that's forgiveness. For me, that's that's what is working. Practically, I choose to distract myself. I tend to be an intense person. Being <laughs> melancholic, <laughs> choleric personality. I tend to overanalyze everything. Mm-hmm. Think about it. So if I don't distract myself, I will be intensifying whatever it is that I'm feeling, which mm-hmm. is an being unforgiving. So I have to distract myself. I have to read a book, maybe watch TV, something that is more practical. Buy notebooks. <laughs> Buy notebooks. Retail therapy. No. <laughs> you just have to be careful with your budget. But basically, yes, I distract myself. Another thing is I try to ask wise mm-hmm. counsel. When I am in that stage, I actually don't see some of the things but others can see. So, I would call friends who I trust and talk about it and they tell me usually friends who can really tell the truth even yes. if they don't want to hear it. So, so those are the two practical ways that yes, it's not forgiving itself but it steps towards yes. That's just how it, it's a process. It's not a one-time deal. Yes, it's like an everyday thing that you yes. have to choose for yourself. And forgiveness may take weeks. 
NDUs. Yes, and I think that you also have to put it in a certain perspective that forgiveness doesn't have a percentage. Like, right. you, don't, you can't say, I have 5% forgiven you. I have forgiven you 80% already. It has to be like, it has to be a done deal. But it is an everyday process. Yes. So, it's either you have fully forgiven a person or you haven't. Because really, how can you gauge forgiveness? It's like, <laughs> it's okay. No you know, it's not a fundraising campaign. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and if you may add also, you can never truly forgive someone if you have not experienced the forgiveness that is in Christ. Yes. And it's something that you have to come to the Lord for. Because I don't think you can forgive anyone or any situation or even yourself if you have not experienced forgiveness. Right. I would agree with that. Forgiveness, we cannot do it on our own. Yes, true. On our own strength. We cannot it's a forgive. It's thing to do. Yes, that's why we need God for us to be able to also He's forgive. the master's for forgiveness. <laughs> God is uh, has a doctorate degree in forgiveness. So <laughs> we better ask Him to help us. Yes, run to God every day. This week, we will be talking another, should I say, very interesting topic. I think topic. it's essential for us to learn or talk about. We have decided to talk about managing <laughs> our emotions. Managing our emotions. So that will be our talk this week. Again, we are not licensed <laughs> psychologists, therapists, psychiatrists, or all the other degree that you have yeah. to manage emotions. But this is something that we do not learn in the four walls of the classroom. Yes. And this is also something Something that we cannot learn overnight because in fact we learn as we go along and managing emotions is such a broad topic mm-hmm. but we start we have happy emotions we yeah. have bad emotions mm-hmm. and because happy emotions are happy we will not be dealing really with that but, but, but uh, I mean you know is how ha- are happy emotions not harmful I'm, j- I j- I'm just curious like some people I know People who say, you're too happy, you're annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a bad thing to be happy or... Do people get annoyed when you're happy? I guess they're annoyed when they're not happy. <laughs> Do you have to manage your happiness? <laughs> I'd like to know if, if there's a thing as, such as that. Between good and bad, perhaps I can say that anything in excess, even if it's good, is dangerous. <laughs> you're so <too> happy. <laughs> But when it comes to emotions, I'm really not sure because happiness is something that the world lacks at the moment. Well, in fact, it's not happiness. It's actually joy because happiness is dependent on your circumstances, your situation, but joy is what we lack because we have mood swings, exactly why we need to manage our emotions. It's like we have ups and downs, Mm -hmm. uppers, downers, and we have mood swings and all that. So I'm not not really sure. You know, that's something if anyone of you who actually is listening and might have an answer for Mm -hmm. that, if (laughs) If we need to manage our happiness, (laughs) you can drop us a note or... Yes. But basically joy, I think we don't have to manage that because the joy of the Lord is our strength. But I think uh, maybe happen because sometimes we are too happy that we forget other people. I, I think in maybe that, yes. In that that aspect we need to manage. We just have to be sensitive yes. to others because it's also in the Bible. I think that when somebody's grieving, you should also grieve them. Yes. So it, it in in that way, I think we need to manage happiness or or even our euphoric stages. <laughs> So, but yeah, we, will, we will be talking more about not the happy side of yes. life, but how do we manage emotions that 
are not good for us and then and they're not good for people around us. Yes, negative. So yes, what are the emotions that well you have a hard time handling? Because I know I have so many. So you go ahead and start. In my experience, two of the emotions that are hard to manage would be anger and depression. Those are extremes. Well, for me, because they say that there's passive anger, right? Yes. And there's like the aggressive anger. anger. Which one do you have a hard time? Both. <laughs> When I'm at work, I have I usually experience passive anger. When I'm around the family, it's usually aggressive. Definitely. And it's funny how you can actually just let out when it's your family when you're supposed to control it because mm-hmm. it's your family. You love them more than these people. And along that line, I'm actually trying to learn also mm-hmm. that I shouldn't be that way when with my family. But basically, those are the two. Depression, not really like clinically depressed, but usually, as you said, I like that word. It has become the word of this podcast, the pang. <laughs> so yes, when there's loneliness and when I linger thinking about loneliness yeah. and self-pity, Usually, it results in depression that lasts for a week. So, it's more like you're frustrated and you're feeling those things. Yes. So, those are the two, in my experience, that are hardest for me. What makes you angry? When talking about emotions, you can't really say not talk about your personality. Right. (laughs) Well, number one, I am, I scored highest. In melancholic. Next to that is choleric. Now, if you know anything about personalities, if you pair this two, I just don't know. <laughs> that made me go. <laughs> so, perfectionists for melancholic. Mm-hmm. Everything has to be spit and spun. Neat and tidy. It's like, you know, when you get pencil from my pencil case, you have to return it the exactly way. the same way. So, one of the things that makes me angry is when things don't go my way. Or, I'm having a hard time being flexible, but now I'm learning because with the so many people that I am working with, dealing with, even my own family members. See, people are not like me. So I have have to learn that. Which I guess I have to credit to give credit to myself. <laughs> yes, yes. Because I, I know how know. hard it is to adjust to other personalities. So so I, I think, yes, you should give credit. But those are your irritants. That yes, you. yes. So that makes me angry. Betrayal is it's one. one yes. That makes me angry. <laughs> lies. You have been talking about betrayal and lies. Maybe yes. our listeners will think that we really are, you know, <laughs> Sour graping. <laughs> yes, they, they, they could see where we are coming from. <laughs> but anyway, so those are the things that make you angry. Sometimes also, I think our listeners can relate that envy mm-hmm. is an emotion that is hard to manage. Because it's hard not to be envious. Yes. And sometimes we're not even conscious that we're envious with things that are happening to people. Or the thing that is scary is if you don't notice it and it starts eating. Yes. So it's good if you feel, oh, if, if you see somebody, for example, um, progressing in her career and then mm-hmm. something happens and then you're stuck there and then you realize, well, wait, what can I do like her? Or you start, uh, you start comparing, comparing yourself. I think when you notice that, that happening to you and mm-hmm. you know that it's wrong, I think you're in a good spot because you can identify that it is wrong. Yes. So that's your starting point for managing your emotions. But envy is a is an emotion that's hard to manage. Also jealousy. Yeah. But how is it different? Envy and jealousy. Is it more or less the same? Um, more or less the same, but I could feel that um 
envy comes from greed, mm-hmm. or it comes from a like a root, deeply rooted issue of uh, self-esteem, yeah, low self-esteem, greed, or even past hurts that has you know not overcome. Mm-hmm. Jealousy, more of I think it's more of things that are happening to other people. It's, yeah, there's a there's a, one an thing outward. I, I can't explain it really, but there's a fine line between them. But more or less, well, if we can say them, if we can say, if we can say that they are. Well, we can't yeah. say that they are, but, but there's really just fine line between envy and jealousy. But they more or less belong to the same category. Yeah, so. I think so. If there's like you know, if there's nouns, they belong <laughs> to the abstract noun category. But really, maybe envy is more of like wanting what you don't have. Yes, could be. And jealousy is already having something, but you don't want to share it. With yes. People. Or when somebody also wants what you have. Yes. That's why you, when you said that envy is rooted from greed, really, it's, it's like that. So, it's wanting what you don't have and not being thankful for what you have. Yes. So, those are the other two emotions. emotions. Also, I think, I think they can also agree with us that handling romantic feelings, <laughs> which we are, you know, not good at also, <laughs> but we try to manage. Yes. Infatuation. We, we were yes. talking a while ago that, you know, we try to relate, or we try to associate infatuation with the younger generation, like mm-hmm. they're in high school, infatuated. But apparently, there are older adults, yes. older adults, not younger adults, but older adults who get still infatuated. Exactly. And it's quite frustrating when you're like 34 and you suddenly realize so it's, you're still infatuated. Mm-hmm. It's quite frustrating. And so how do you handle that emotion? Or even like it's not only for single older adults. It's also for married yeah, people. Right. Like, you know, they can be married and yet they're infatuated yeah. with someone. And that's where it starts, their romantic attachment. It doesn't have to be physical. We were talking about that. Physical, yeah. It doesn't have to be physical, but emotional attachment yeah. can become very intense. Right, right. And that's where it's harder to manage. Right. What are common examples of emotional <laughs> attachment? Um, for example, sending text messages, right? Sending text messages, or if if you are getting a certain sympathy, or you like, what? There's a certain word. They're eliciting a certain sympathy from somebody. Yeah. Like for example, I'm a single woman, and then there's this guy friend who happens to be single, and then since we're both single, where he's trying to sympathize with what I think yes. and all, and so um, I think that at one point you'll have a problem with that, mm-hmm. or much more if he is married then yes. we are really good friends so those are I think some of the emotional attachments that you have to be careful about yeah some people can actually be emotionally entangled through text messages they send messages or email or emails <laughs> messenger is one Yahoo I Facebook talk about that. all social media and all that Jabez you can so relate <laughs> yes. we're managing that area in our lives I'm trying to manage that area it's not just for people who are in high school or in college. It's also for all ages, in fact. And one can actually be emotionally entangled without even knowing it. True. Which is sometimes very can be hard very to get out. Exactly. Like you don't realize that you are already too attached to a person. Yes. And then it's now hard to get out of a certain non-relationship. Yes. In fact, we were just talking about that before physical attachments happen. There is an emotional attachment. We were talking about how 
there's a movie where there's a married couple and then the guy slept with another girl. That's physical adultery. But this girl just spent a night the night talking to her ex-boyfriend. Nothing physical happened mm-hmm. to them, but the next day when they met again, the husband and the wife, the wife felt more like she was the one who betrayed her husband, yeah. her husband because she felt really emotionally attached to the ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that women are more or less prone to, to having emotional attachments than men. Yeah. I think that... But it is not an isolated case yes, because yes. men can also feel also that. that. Depending, of course, again, mm-hmm. on the type of their personality. Some wives and phlegmatics, they can just be okay. Never no, mind. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to talk about melancholic men. <laughs> that could be another topic, but let's not talk about men today. <laughs> yes. Okay, so the emotions that are harder for us to manage, anger and depression, then we have envy and jealousy, yeah. and then the infatuation. And of course, there are other things that we have a hard time managing. Yeah. And I'm sure that they also have some emotions that are, you know, hard for them to manage and they're also maybe thinking about yes. them. But those, these are the, like, three most common. There was one story, a girl and a boy actually was sort of breaking up and this girl, because she was not really able to contain her emotions through herself, out of the car, I think, and she wanted to get hit oh by a passing car. And that was in front of 18th Street, Palapala. Oh, wow. That street. I'm not really sure if it's true or if it's not but I've heard it from a few people actually if I have heard it from them maybe it's really true yes but see it's very important we know how to manage our emotions because it can cause us to do things we will regret right and good if we still have time to redeem it but what will anyone have and sometimes we uh, there's too much damage already yes we even have a hard time getting out of it Mm -hmm. but the harder thing is that how you start from after you get out of that situation, yes. not easy to get there. So it's better if we manage our emotions. And we're not saying that we're good at it. No, because we're not. We have our worst days, but we are at least trying to help people, try to think about things we can do how to Yes, managing our emotions. Well, this podcast really is just sharing our journey yes, along the way. As we learn and as we share it to you, you might also learn something. Yeah, and we can learn. We can do life together. Right. It's it's all about this, so we can all live a beautiful life. Those are some of the emotions that we have a hard time. question is, how do we deal with it? <laughs> now that we've known. Now that's the question we have a hard time answering. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we've been talking for about two hours now and we were trying to think of some positive, not, not just positive, but practical ways to deal with our emotions or to yes. manage our emotions. Action steps. First off, I like what you have suggested best. You said to create an, an emotional, emotional budget. <laughs> well, I'm not really a, I'm not a budget person. <laughs> I'm not a finance person. But you know why I like that? Because I you're right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I know that you like to put things in order. You like to I list my expenses eat. every day. So that's why I like the term like emotional, the emotional budget. budget. But I think it's in the book it's from the book Emotional Purity by Heather Paulson that mm-hmm. I first came across of this term, emotional budget. And um well her premise was on on romantic relationships that you don't invest much in a relationship or mm-hmm. you don't put so much energy, effort, and emotions in a certain relationship that you 
don't have the budget for. But um, it doesn't only work for that. We were talking about, for example, in the workplace. Yeah. For example, you are going to, you, you have a project. You know the capacity of your team members. And so, you also know your irritant. And, right. and, and you know the certain expectations you give them. And you know their capacity to meet the expectation. And from those standing points, you create an emotional budget. Mm-hmm. How far will they meet your expectations? You can be honest and say, with their capacity, I think that they only 50%. Yeah. And so you create an emotional budget for that. Say so, 50%. Yes. So I'll just put like 50, 50% of my emotions in this project because it might fail. I don't want to put 100% on this. I mean, emotionally, because you know that you don't have the budget yet. Yes. You can actually go ahead and risk and put your 100%. But if you are in the process of learning how to manage your emotions, I think it's better if you don't put all of your emotions in a certain thing that you know will have a bigger bigger chance of frustrating you. Yes. I, I don't know if, if, if you would agree with me on that, but I think that's my take on the emotional budget. Yeah, it's like assigning value to whatever emotions you may have. So, as you were talking, I'm actually trying to picture out a pie chart. Maybe this emotion here will just be this percentage or this value. Maybe anger is just like 50 cents. So, that means (laughs) it's not worth my time. Because if you actually put everything there, there is always a bigger risk of going emotionally bankrupt. True, true. And uh, you have nothing left for yourself. You have to love yourself enough so you have things to give to others. Because if you live yourself bankrupt, what else will you be mm-hmm. able to give to others? You have to have an emotional investment towards yourself. Yes. So that you can have something to do. And I think um, emotional budgeting would also mean, even in our relationships, like in, in the family, of course, if you're a parent, it can't be that you're just giving 50% to your kids, right? Yes. It has to be 100%. But also, there are relationships around us that we have to measure. Yeah. Like, if this friend is not good for it, you know that this friend is just trying to, you know, is a good weather friend or yeah. a fair weather friend. Don't put your 100% in that person. Because, you know, you know that if she fails you and you gave 100% towards that person, you'll go bankrupt. Yes. You'll really go ballistic over things that she will do to you. Even our relatives, family members, you know that we have fights. Yes. But, but sometimes you just have to create an emotional budget. You can say, I can only go up. Right. Because, because I cannot go any longer because my budget is only up here. Of course, we have to go the extra mile and we have to keep on loving people. Yes. But what we're talking about, when you are just training yourself to... When you're to managing your emotions. Manage your emotions. I think it's best that we start with an emotional budget. Right. It's also a question of, is it worth it? Is sure. this emotion worth my time now? Right. Is this a question of life and death? Or will right. this matter like maybe three months from now okay. or maybe a year right. from now? So it's also part of that, an emotional budget. Maybe you can even create a graphic for yourself if you're really into that. Or this person. This is yes, for this person. For this 
for this emotion, it will be this. You can picture it out. Just setting up a pie chart and see how big the slice is for this vision. And it's a question of, yes, if it's worth it, will it matter down the road? So that's one. And I, I think, uh, if I may add also, when it comes to romantic relationships, yes. for example, you are just, you've just come out of a heartbreak mm-hmm. from a bad relationship. And then here comes another guy who's trying to show you, you know, interest and is trying to pursue you yes. you also have to make sure of your emotional budget yes would you be able to give yourself fully to this person if the person pursues you or if you like this person mm-hmm. what is your emotional budget if you can say sorry I can only be friends with this person and so you give only a certain amount of time interest and a certain amount of well affection that is speaking yes. for a friend make for that person is only friendship and you also have to make that thing clear right to the other person right. Because when that is being, like, if you don't start with an emotional budget in, in, in those romantic relationships, I think that one of you will end up frustrated. Yes. And so, even those things, I think that's where... So it's also very important that when you have allocated a certain budget, perhaps, to this person, you have to make it clear, not, but don't say that, you know, I only have a budget, budget. for this. <laughs> It's not really very literal, but you just have to make sure that at the moment I'm just in the yes. friendship. You just have to make it clear in respect to the other person as well, just so you don't take take that for granted. And if you know that you cannot risk yourself, uh, or you cannot risk yourself being hurt, or you cannot you cannot handle another heartbreak, yes. then you don't. You shut your doors. Yes, because you don't have a budget for it. It's like when you know that there's a sale but you don't have the money, you don't go to the mall. Exactly. <laughs> so that's our emotional budget right there. Yes. It's just like basically how you spend your money. <laughs> right, right. You so you just don't about. get into debt yes, even if yes. you don't have the budget for that. So, so create an emotional budget however you want to create. But yes. just create. And the second would be choose how to deal. Yes. It's Bottom line is it's a choice. Right. You have to make a decision. And you have to be firm. In my case, I have to make a choice to be healed from whatever it was that I was feeling. Say, let's say in a relationship, I have to make a choice. Because if not, I will continue to linger in whatever feeling I have. I have to make a decision. Because if you don't make a decision, then it will drag you. Whatever emotion you feel will drag you. You want to talk about that circle of control? control? There's, uh, I think I've read it uh, in Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. In the chapter, Be Proactive, there's a diagram of a circle of control Mm -hmm. and circle of no control. The circle of control is inside the circle of no control. So there are things that you really can control, like how people react to you. Yes. If they, how people feel towards you, you can't control that. You can make people like you. You can, exactly. You can't change people's work ethics. You can't change, you know, the way people behave yes. or their upbringing. But you can control how you feel or how you react towards them. For example, something did something bad towards you or mm-hmm. broke your heart or maybe cheated you or or said something like yes, yes. or, or, or took the sales that you're supposed to have. Yes. You cannot change that about them. But you can change how you react towards right. them. So I think when you choose how you feel, it's it's one way of managing your emotions. When, you know, I'm angry towards this person, but 
I will not lose my head over it. Exactly. I will not, I will not go and rant on the streets or rant on Facebook about it. See, yes. because don't air your dirty laundry, please. <laughs> yes. And so you, you really have to choose how you feel. Like for example, if I may cite a specific example on Facebook, on my Facebook feed, I'm I'm in the, we're in the older thirties category. Yes. And of course, when you browse through your news feed on Facebook, there are only two common things. One are wedding pictures. <laughs> Second, baby pictures. And so in those news, sometimes you could not even recognize just babies and interchange the baby. <laughs> you know, like oh, I. I thought this was somebody's baby only to realize that I've been mis- mixing the faces of babies in yeah. my head. And it would be easier to envy them mm-hmm. because you can ask God, Lord. Why in the world why they why have they, babies? Yes, why are they happy? Here them? I am. I'm serving <laughs> you, Lord. And you my, have mother, my mother just told us this morning that we're not domesticated. That is why we're not married. <laughs> and I would like to disagree with her because there are so many non-domesticated, undomesticated people who are married. So that's not the basis of, of marriage. Yes. But, but it would be easier to envy people. Or if you watch that thing called Tadhana, when this girl saw lovers they yes. were because she was uh, having a heartbreak she said if our longer friends our Filipino friends would understand this so you're trying to be bitter about and about, you're trying to curse people yes, just yes. because you're going yes. through something negative yes. so if, if you can't manage your emotions it's easy to be envious or be jealous about what are happening to people's lives and so you have to learn how to control how you you choose how to feel yes you choose how to feel you choose to not even be angry about and along that line I'd like to add that choose not to compare right. your life right. with the lives of other people because number one well you have a different name mm-hmm. <laughs> number two you have a different set of parents and then God has something different for each of us right. what works for me may not work for you or for others and what works for you may not work for me so choose also not to compare yourself to others because when you compare whatever it is that you have, that they have, and you don't have, and they don't have, then that's where the problem starts. Yes, choose how to feel and choose not to compare. A very practical tip about choosing how you feel, especially if you're angry. This is a really a good tip that I have been doing. In my life. I mean, that's, that works for me. It's trying to sing. If you're sad, for example, or something, somebody just annoyed you, or, or you're at the brink of anger. <laughs> at the brink of losing your head over some anger management. Yes. Adam Sandler. Yes. You know, the best thing to do is try to get a song, a happy song, and then you try to sing. I have a list of video, <laughs> I have a list of video key videos on my, on my computer, and mm-hmm. I play them whenever I'm sad and I'm angry, so that I can just release. Yes. So, so that's a practical tip. I don't know if it works, it will work for them, but I think singing is, is really a good thing to, to change at least how you feel about yeah. something. Well, in my case, it's not singing. It has to be listening. Because then I won't be singing. I'm actually reciting. <laughs> so, let the music do its work. Choose to be happy, choose to not be angry, choose to... It all boils down to making a decision. You just have to make a decision. If you choose to let go, then let go once and for all. If you choose to forgive, then choose to forgive once and for all. And take that step every day. If you choose to heal, then 
make a decision that today and the rest of the days you choose to be yours. So it's just a matter of making a decision. It's just like, you know, when you choose to move, you move. When you choose to buy books, you buy. So make a decision. Make a choice in how you want to feel. Except things you can change. Yes. Because there are things that really we cannot change. That's I think that's one practical way of forgiving people. Right. What they did to you is something that you cannot change. Right. And it's beyond your control. You did not cause it. Maybe you did a little bit, a yes. factor or something, but not entirely. So don't blame yourself and just just accept the fact that you have no control of everything. You're not God. Even Jesus has given us our free will. Right, right, right. And I think it because a lot of us. I think the trouble with a lot of us, and I could also, I could say that I am also doing this sometimes. Hopefully not all the time. We make people responsible for how we feel. Yes. And so if we oh, are I'm angry, of that. yes, <laughs> if we are angry, it's always somebody's fault. Yes. If I'm sad, it's always somebody's fault. So the problem with that is you never get out of that rotten state. Yes. You always will have a problem managing your emotions because people are always responsible for how you feel. Which is not true. Yes, which is not true because you choose how you feel. I don't know if you, our listeners are watching On the Wings of Love. I don't know if you're watching it. I don't. <laughs> but there's one there's one character there. His name is Jigs. I don't watch it most of the time, but I do watch it sometimes if I want to read because mm-hmm. I don't have a TV. Well, the love story is kind of hampered because of him. Mm-hmm. The mother doesn't... People don't want to hurt his feelings. And I said, well, just get him out of the picture. Yeah. Well, actually, he's the one, you know, trying to prolong the story. Uh, his character is essential to the story. But I feel that a lot of us are stuck. A lot of people around us cannot really move around and be happy mm-hmm. because of they are trying to make us happy. And so if that is the case, we become a liability to people instead of an asset yes. to a certain company, to, to your family. Yes. So, so I, I feel that when we choose how we feel, people around us can also be happy because we we basically are responsible of how we feel. I think for us Filipinos, usually that's our shortcoming. Right. To try to protect people from not knowing the truth. Right. True, true. Truth hurt. And if you just Say it in a polite manner or in a gentle manner. Truth can be accepted no matter how hurting it may be. It's how we say it, in fact. But we shouldn't cover up the truth. Truth is truth. We try to please everybody to the fact that all others are hurting. All because we just don't want to tell the truth. Which I think is a bad thing. That's the second. That's just, we just have to choose how we are. But I like the third one. That yes. The third way of dealing with our It's not an easy thing, but it's doable. Yes. Third is guard your heart. Yes. How guard. do you guard your heart? It's very abstract. <laughs> I think it, the Bible also says that guard your heart because it is the wellspring of life. Yes. Of course, if you're, you have a, you know, you're sad, you don't want to move, right? Yes. Basically, you just don't want to do anything when you're lonely or when you're sad. 
or when your heart is full of things that worry you Negative, or sin yeah. or something. Basically, you're just your life is also crippled by those emotions. And so it's it's true that we must guard our hearts because that's where life comes from. Yes, and when we talk about emotions, it comes from the soul, and right. what makes up the soul is the heart and the will. Right. And basically, yes, we have to guard our hearts, but it's very abstract. So how do we really guard yes, our hearts? Yes, the step. I think you can relate to this more <laughs> than I can, yes. but I think I've also done this a few times. And I'm still yes. learning from it. Because I'm somebody who likes to talk and share my thoughts and my emotions with people. Um, and it's also very um, surprising for me. And for some people who have known me now, they would usually say, are you an introvert? I don't believe so. Because I tend to talk now. I always explain to them, which I don't really have to justify myself now. But basically, when you are placed in a leadership position, you have no choice but to talk to people. So I cannot just let or allow my introversion to just be on the surface. I have to go out of my way and do an extra mile. How do we guard your heart? You said that you're guilty of this. I am guilty of this. That is choosing people before out. Yes. Don't reveal too much. Yes. And then you choose those who can handle you emotionally, who can also yes. be accountable to you and yes. who can be accountable to you. Right. Because sometimes when 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 we are trying to manage our loneliness for example mm-hmm. and then you pour out to somebody who may take advantage of you, like in a girl boy yes. situation. Because I think that right now at this age, basically men and women, especially those who are in the Older adults, yeah. It, it's quite, you know, it's quite justified if two, if a guy or a girl, a guy and a girl are, are, are friends. Be friends and with, without any emotional or romantic attachment. But it becomes very tricky when one suddenly or when one tries to pour out so many things. Yeah. For example, it's always the woman who's weaker. And so it, all her anxiety, all her problems, she pours yeah. it out to the guy. And so the guy becomes her emotional anchor. Right. The problem is, because this guy is not her boyfriend, for example, or partner or spouse. Yeah, not her husband. The problem is, it's either the guy will fall in love with the girl, which is not a problem, by the way. But what if the guy is in love with another person, yes. and then so he suddenly this woman cannot, can no longer get, will have a hard time letting go of this guy yes. because he has become her emotional anger. I'm not speaking from experience. <laughs> I wish, <laughs> I wish I'm not speaking from experience. But those are some of the things that led me to to somehow be frustrated in a certain area in my life. Mm-hmm. That's why I think that guarding your heart would also mean that you do, you are careful who you pour out your your emotions to. Yeah, and what you reveal. You can be friends with everybody, but you can be intimate with people. You with a few. Trying to be careful about as to whom you pour out those things. Yes. Because they can either help you manage your emotions or let or worsen things. Because yes. there are people that if, for example, you're angry at somebody or a certain situation and you're not careful about who you, you tell that situation, there are people who would like to aggravate it. Yes. And then you no, 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 you should do this, you file a case or you, no, you should say this to her or, no, I think that you should just slam the phone every time he calls. Yes. Something like that. So I feel that you should be careful about who you, you share those uh, problems with. Yes. When you are in the process of managing your emotions. Right. And our excuses again for the boy next door who was trying to actually sort of, 
I don't He's know. Trying to manage <laughs> Maybe. Yes, I think he was trying to manage his emotion. And the second way of guarding our heart is to establish boundaries. boundaries. I have been working on this, in fact, because boundaries is not just for romantic relationships, boundaries in relationships in the workplace as well, even in friendships as well. Because if you do not establish boundaries, that's where the emotional problems can come in. Um, Usually, the sanguines will have a problem with this. Because Mm -hmm. speaking from experience, I feel that sometimes we're too open. Or sometimes we get too transparent. Somebody yes. even told me, you know, you're not mysterious. He told me that this guy told me that guys don't like me because I'm not mysterious. I feel that because we're not mysterious, we're, we're so transparent, we are so open, that people feel that they can just go ahead and pinpoint something in our lives and say, yeah. you know, this is wrong. And sometimes that hurts us. Mm-hmm. But actually, it was uh, it's us who's to be blamed because we never put a certain boundary towards yeah. what we can be. There are people whom I handpick and say, you can say anything to me. I have cousins who yes. can say anything to me because I choose the I choose them to do that to me. I mean, they mm-hmm. are in my inner circle. Yes. But for people who are outside of that circle, and then they come in your life and try to, you know, you better change this in your life, you do this, you do yeah. that. I feel that sometimes it's very insulting. But who's to be blamed? It's us because we never put boundaries. Because we want to please people. We're the life of the party. <laughs> and so b- establishing boundaries, I feel, is, is part of managing your emotions. In fact, this can be another topic on its right. own because boundaries are there for a reason. If you walk on the road, you see gutters, you see railings, right. traffic lights are boundaries, fences are boundaries, and they are there for a reason. They are not just there as an accessory. They are there for a reason. Boundaries are liberating. Yes. In fact, it's not It's not limiting. Mm-hmm. That's the myth that people are actually thinking that if you're putting boundaries, it's limiting you, but in fact, it's very liberating. It's it's giving you freedom. So establish boundaries. And the third one, which I like, which I really, really like, because I have been working on this in my life since time immemorial, <laughs> and that would be... Leave your mind with the right things. Yes, the right things. And we were browsing through our Bible in fact, and we have decided to... Include this verse. Yes, yes, and we will be talking about that. But before we talk about, I think we'll, on, on a comparison, mm-hmm. what you feed your body will eventually show, right? If yes. I eat junk food, I will eventually have dry skin and yeah. very bad hair. Because what's inside me is junk. Yes. And so what you feed your mind is what will go out of you. Yeah. So if you feed your mind with the right things, with the right emotions, Mm -hmm. you choose the right emotions. I think that that is also what will come out of you. It's the principle of garbage in, garbage out, right? For for computers. And as we were talking, I remember that one time I attended a Joshua camp back in my youth days. Mm -hmm. It was one of the first youth camps that I attended and I would never forget what he said. What you feed leaves and what you start dies. So if you feed your mind with the right thoughts, Mm -hmm. it will live. If you start your minds with the negative thoughts, of course it will die because you're already not feeding it. So when we say that we have to feed our mind, we have to feed it with positive, biblical thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true 
and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. So summing it all, it's in Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 to 9, 8 to 9, yes. It says here, summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Mm-hmm. Things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into His most excellent harmonies. That's really beautiful, all right? I think that everything that we talked about, it's it's not compared to, it's nothing yes. compared to what this verse is, saying. verse is saying. In fact, it is very, if you're reading it from, from the message, if you see there the word gracious, yes. see with all the authentic, compelling, there's a comma and then gracious and then there's a dash, mm-hmm. the, the best, best not, not the worst. worst. It means that being gracious is thinking the best, not, not the, the worst. worst. So, so it is, well, I, I think that this is a very good Alright, so we talked about emotions that are harder to manage. That would be anger and depression, envy, jealousy, infatuation, emotional <laughs> And with those emotions that are harder to manage, there is always a way to deal with it. And what are those ways to read? You create an emotional budget which we talked about. You choose how to feel and mostly, most above all, you guard your heart. Because it is the well-spirit and one of the ways to guard your heart is yes. to fix your thoughts. Yes, fix your thoughts. I think that's the greatest takeaway for tonight. Yes, I should say also. It's also a revelation for me yes. as we were just reading it. It's like, okay, I'm just going to put this on my planner and meditate on this for the whole week. Give me also an idea. This will be our meditation for the week. So that's basically it for this episode. So managing your emotions. If you can say hi, I Hanako, said, yes. teacher, can you can, can you greet me? Hi, Hanako, thank you for listening to our podcast. I hope you're enjoying. Yes, and Hanako, I don't know how old you are, but try to manage your emotions. She's young. Yeah, the younger you are, the better that you can start learning managing your emotions. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. I am Emilu. And I am Jebel. Keep believing, keep hoping, and continue to live your beautiful life.